Bagseed Chronicles. Time to fuck shit up, kiddos. Time to fuck shit up. everyone welcome to the bagseed chronicles this is uncle dig and i'm so happy to be back i know it's been a while and it might be a little while longer still you notice the supreme court overturned roe v wade and people may be asking what does that have to do with cannabis well it has about as much to do with cannabis as it does with any other unpopular right on the right side of the political spectrum right they don't want gays to be able to get married that's on the chopping block next clarence thomas told us I mean, I'm a pot grower, so I don't really give a fuck what the Supreme Court says, and neither should you. But you should get out there and demonstrate your displeasure. Go out there and annoy someone who would subjugate you. Annoy them. If someone doesn't view you as an equal human, they don't deserve your respect or your deference. Fuck the Supreme Court. That being said, I've got a lovely garden update for you today. I'm going to fill you in on what's been going on in my garden, and then we've got a brief history of joints, and then I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to go roll a few, and then I'm going to get my bullhorn, and I'm going to go annoy some people, as I told you to do. Let's overgrow the world. (laughs) Uncle Dick's garden update. Hey guys, it's Uncle Dig with a garden update. It's June 24th, 2022, and we are Gardening Zone 8B. It has been a bit too long. Let's catch up. When I last spoke to you about the garden, it was June 2nd. So let's get you up on what the last of my little autoflowers yielded. The Afghan is my new autoflower record, weighing in at 1.817 ounces. Tasty smoke. Everyone who has tried it loves it. I more than doubled the candy cane harvest this year, coming in at 1.34 ounces, and the Tangerine Dream yielded just over one ounce. I will probably do strain reviews for these strains at some point. They all just finished curing, so I haven't had time to form strong opinions. All outdoor plants are trellised. Um, In the 30 gallons, I use gardening stakes and then wrap them in um, gardening twine. Um, That's worked in the past. The plants are bigger this year. I think I may have to do something a little more extreme. The 45-gallon is and and another 30-gallon of the bigger plants are trellised with T-posts and a regular plastic trellising across. I'm trellising to try to give the plants a little support um, because they're going to be bigger than they ever have been this year. I'm really proud. I'm really having fun. And um, I just want to make sure that they're supported when they flower. Now, I also have bottom pruned all the plants, and I prune anywhere from like 6 to 12 inches of the bottom growth just completely off. Um, And then if the the bottom branches are really like heavy and good, I'll strip them all the way out to the outside of the pot so that airflow can get in all that internal stuff. Also prevents mold when you're hand watering like when I do it and stuff like that from water splashing up onto the plant. Also prevents leaves from dipping into the medium or soil and getting mold on them that way. Another benefiting to bottom pruning for me is that I'm disabled and I have back problems. So um, it's easier for me to see what's going on at the bottom of the plant if I've got some open stuff. 
And you can also, it's easier to take pictures of a big stock if you get a plant with a really beefy stock. I really enjoy taking pictures of big, hard, woody stocks, you know. And I'm not the only one. I mean, just look at Instagram. Um, and, like, it's another thing, but being disabled, like, the smart pots help me because I can, it brings the plants up off the ground a little bit so I can get to them easier. Um, all the plants are doing good. My shortest one is at my nipples already. And um, the tallest one is 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 damn near over my eyes and I'm I'm 5'11 so we're doing good this year it's going to be very big I'm kind of worried about rippers now because my plants are going to be bigger than ever but I shouldn't be um it's going very good the plants are very beautiful we haven't had too much intense pest pressure although I am going to spray some Dr. Zymes on them probably this evening and I've oh and I've also been fertilizing I gave my first um feeding of age old uh, to the plants day before yesterday and they look to be handling that well so i'll probably be harvesting weekly after this first initial uh cycle where i'm going to wait 10 days to fertilize again and in that 10 day period i may give them some cow mag real gentle at first to make sure no one's chocks you know what i mean the plants have become very thirsty we're pushing the hundreds here around here soon so um i've gone from not watering very often to watering uh, anywhere from four to six gallons daily, um, four daily in the uh, 30 gallons pots, and then um, six daily in the uh, 45 gallon pot. Um, that may fluctuate over the next couple days. I may have to skip a day. We'll see what happens. But definitely the plants are getting very thirsty and they're wanting a toilet flush a day. So definitely a time to really watch your plants for signs of underwatering. Well, that's it for our garden update. Let's overgrow the world. I'm Snidely Whipplebottom the Third. Welcome to BBC 420. Today we take a break from our normally scheduled programming, Perfidious Albion, a history, to listen in as our counterculture correspondent, Uncle Dig, takes us on a meandering global and personal history of the cannabis joint. Thanks, Snidely. Maybe you do it differently. But this is how I do it. I measure the required amount of cannabis, usually a gram, on my scale. I break down that gram into a grinder, grind it up, and drop it into a hempire hemp paper with a perforated wide raw crutch. Then I roll it into a cone. Maybe I put it into a container and let it pickle. Or maybe I walk outside, rotate it between my fingers while I burn the end a little bit then put it to my lips and light it. And with that first big hoot, that bat is lit. I have repeated this ritual thousands of times with tobacco in my younger years and then with cannabis. And each time I treasure it, there is something beautiful and unsubtle about a joint. Sure, it can pass for a cigarette, but no one can mistake that thick, skunky goodness for tobacco. When you light a joint, you are letting your freak flag fly. You are not about efficiency or utility. You are about the height of decadent enjoyment with the ability to destroy the evidence later, you little fellow punk rock bete noir to the mundane, beautiful mess that you are. A joint 
is the best way to consume cannabis. I attest that a day pickled joint with a nice indica is the perfect way to end any day on this beautiful earth. Before we talk about joints, we're going to talk about where cigarette paper comes from. Before the very late 18th century, it wasn't common to roll paper cigarettes of any kind. People smoked cigars, tobacco rolled in whole leaf, or smoked out of pipes. Not until industrialization do we get cigarette paper. The first cigarette paper was produced in Alcoy, Spain in 1764. Paper cigarettes became popular in the second half of the 19th century, displacing the more expensive cigars and cigarillos. As cigars and cigarillos were more expensive, poor people would collect the cigar butts from the ground and roll them into a piece of paper to be smoked. During the Crimean War, this culture became more prevalent and British soldiers learned how to roll tobacco in newspapers. Soldiers and beggars, maybe not illustrious company, but people that know how to have a good time. Now the furthest back in time I can find anyone referencing cannabis rolled into paper is from an article mentioning field workers in 1850 in Guadalajara, Mexico, mixing cannabis in their tobacco and smoking it. Joints seemed to gain a foothold in the United States during the Prohibition era. There was a good chance that a lot of the smoke in the jazz clubs of the Roaring Twenties and deep into the Forties was cannabis smoke from so-called jazz cigarettes. It is mayhaps then that cannabis use became associated with musicians. Once cannabis was criminalized in 1937, the culture started to go more underground. I couldn't find much reference to cannabis culture in the 50s, but in the 60s and 70s, it would seem that the joint was starting to take its place as the cultural meme it is today, with smoking in general on the decline. Perhaps even amongst cannabis consumers, the joint will still always have a place in the sticky fingers of hand rollers like me across the world, even if it is a niche place. I love joints. Spark one up and celebrate a history of affordable decadence. Snoochie boochies! Thank you for listening to the Bagseed Chronicles. Fuck the Supreme Court. Go have fun, kids. <laughs>